welcome to C3 Belconnen. Here's the latest message from our senior pastor, Melissa Hind. morning online and um, I hope that you are having a great time so far and really my prayer for you today is that you take the word of God and really implement it across your week and and today we are entering another week of our unsung heroes uh, series and we're heading to the book of Exodus and if I were to ask you who is the main themed guy in Exodus I know many of you would say immediately Moses even Josh behind the camera would have said that I'm sure if he had have answered but here we are ready to go we're going to look into the first chapter of Exodus and discover two unsung heroes of this uh, book of Moses's story because many of us would understand that Moses is actually a, um, a, a parallel to the life of Jesus Moses's life as we read in Exodus and, and Deuteronomy is is actually a parallel to the story of Jesus in fact Moses himself foreshadowed the coming of Jesus. So it's really important that we understand the story of Moses and perhaps today actually get a little bit more of an understanding behind how Moses delivering the people or leading the people uh, out of slavery came to be. And so we're going to set in in Exodus 1 here. And this is a, a very uh, oppressed time for God's people. We see that God's people are in slavery to Pharaoh. And in Exodus 1.10, it describes the challenge that God's people are facing. So let's just read that together. Um, in Exodus 1 verse 9, actually, we're going to start. And he said to his people, Behold, the people of Israel, this is Pharaoh, are too many and too mighty for us. Come, let us deal shrewdly with them, lest they multiply. And if war breaks out, they join our enemies and fight against us. Pharaoh was absolutely petrified by the fruitfulness of the people of God. He had started to look and say, these people will not stop multiplying. Therefore, they set taskmasters over them to afflict them with heavy burdens. There was a direct a directive from Pharaoh, not just to have the people in bondage and slavery, but to actually create heavy burdens for these people, really to cause them to suffer. You see, the people of God then were building for Pharaoh the store cities, Pithom and Ramassus. Um, I don't know if I said that right. But the more they were oppressed, the people of God. So the harder Pharaoh came down on them, the more they multiplied and the more they spread abroad. And the Egyptians were in dread of the people of Israel. So they ruthlessly made the people of Israel work as slaves and made their lives bitter with hard service in mortar and brick and in all kinds of work in the field. In all their work, they ruthlessly made them work as slaves. Now, the reason I read that little bit of scripture there is it paints a picture of the time that God's people were in. They were being literally used as slaves. They were suffering. They were, they were hopeful that God's promises would come through, but they had not seen that happen yet. And so that was an incredibly hard time for the people of God. You see, 
I actually, um, I actually love that we see Pharaoh just trying so hard to squash the people of God because we understand that the people of God were actually living under a promise of God from Genesis that said to the people of God, go forth and multiply and spread. And we understand that Pharaoh was so scared of that promise that he was trying to stop the people of God from multiplying. But no matter what he did, they just kept growing. They kept getting pregnant. They kept having babies. They kept spreading, not just in the land that they were in, but actually were spreading abroad. And so Pharaoh was frustrated. And so we see in Exodus 1, the story we want to focus in on for today of two women who actually really were the pivotal point in which Moses was actually able to be born. And so Exodus 1 in verse 15 says this, Then the king of Egypt, the Pharaoh, said to the Hebrew midwives, one of whom was named Shiphrah and the other who was named Puah, when you serve as a midwife to the Hebrew women and see them on the birth stool, if it is a son, you shall kill him, and if it is a daughter, she shall live. But the midwives feared God and did not do as the king of Egypt commanded them, but they let the male children live. So the king of Egypt called the midwives again and said to them, Why have you done this and let the male children live? The midwives said to Pharaoh, Because the Hebrew women are not like the Egyptian women, they are, for they are vigorous and give birth before the midwife comes to them. So God dealt well with the midwives and the people multiplied and grew very strong. And because the midwives feared God, he gave them families. And then Pharaoh commanded his people, Every son that is born to the Hebrews, you shall cast in the Nile, but you shall let your every daughter live. Pharaoh was absolutely desperate to um, take out the people of God. He was seeing the threat and he understood that and he understood that it was a very real threat. And so he was coming against the people of God. You see, I believe one thing we can learn from this story is that the enemy is very real. And the enemy will call your name. Pharaoh called Shifra and Pua. He called them to his, 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 his castle or wherever he lived. He called them to there to intimidate and put fear in them. I'm trying to imagine what it would have been like for Shifra and Pua as they walked up the, the, um, the, the temple or the, wherever he lived steps and, and knew that they were going to see Pharaoh. Pharaoh was considered divine by, by the Egyptians. He was a figure of authority. He was a figure of power. He was a scary uh, person to be even at a distance from. He had created such suffering for Shifra and Pua's people and they must have been frightened. I believe that in that moment, Shifra and Pua would have been kind of climbing the steps wondering what was about to happen. You see, the enemy is very real in our lives. And even today, you may have come to church or maybe you're at home watching and you feel like Pharaoh's called your name, like the enemy has literally put a target on your back. Maybe it's in your health. Maybe he said that you are unhealthy, that you will never be healed, that you will suffer with this illness forever. Maybe it's in your marriage that you feel is on the rocks and you can't see a way out. Pharaoh will always 
turn his eye to people. But the only thing he can do, and in this situation, the only thing he, he was allowed to do was bring fear and intimidation. And Shifra and Pua walked into that room. I can imagine the fear. I can imagine the worry. I can imagine the, oh my goodness. You see, the battle between good and evil that we see in Exodus is very real even today. We do have the victory through Jesus Christ on the cross, but we must understand that the devil, the enemy is still very real. And I believe he is still calling people to him to try and bring fear and intimidation into their world. I can only imagine... Shifra and Pua standing there. And as he explained his plan to them, you see, he chose them because they were the leaders of the midwives is what is mostly uh, thought. They were an a influence in their community. He didn't want to just intimidate them. He wanted to take them out because he knew that through them, generations would actually be taken out. He knew that putting fear into these women would trickle through the Hebrew people. And so as he said this, I wonder what Shifra and Pua were thinking. It must have been such a moment. They stood together before the king, the most intimidating man of the land. And he said, I want you to now kill every baby boy that you deliver. I, I can't imagine. The fear, the intimidation in that moment must have been incredible. These two women were just doing what they always did, delivering babies. And it was a busy time because God's people were multiplying. But they were just doing what they always had done. Maybe they felt called to it. Maybe they just found themselves in this role. But they were just doing what they were called, what they were always had done. And here they stood, literally facing the enemy face to face, being asked to do an impossible task. And as their minds race, I wonder if they can almost see the words of God that have been passed down to them, saying, oh, be fruitful and multiply, fill the earth and subdue it from Genesis there. That God required the, God, the people of God, the Hebrew people, to, to literally multiply and broaden and take on the earth. And I wonder if the promise of God beat so strongly in their heart that they stood before Pharaoh and quick as that were able to say, we are not doing that. I wonder if in that moment, promises that God is with them. Do not be afraid. Take courage, I am with you. I am faithful. Literally went through their heart. And I wonder if even now as I speak to these screens, if those promises are in your heart about the situation that you're facing, the Pharaoh that you are facing. You might be standing before something that seems impossible. Maybe it's a, it's a marriage thing. Maybe it's a health thing. Maybe it's a work thing. Maybe you've been told you're going to lose your job. Maybe it's, it's literally anxiety and fear and intimidation all over your world. You're standing and Pharaoh seems so big. Could I encourage you, just like Shifar and Pura were able to do, to pull on the promises of God. They remained faithful to that one promise that God made them, to go, be fruitful, and multiply. They knew God was with them, so much so that together they were able to be obedient to what God had called them to do. In their everyday world, they were able to stand before God and before Pharaoh and say, we will not do that. 
We will not be rocked by fear or intimidation. We will stand firm in the promises of God. You see, Sifa and Pua were just doing the everyday stuff. But I don't want this message to be about your called purpose or anything like that. What I want this message to be about is you remaining true and faithful to the promises of God in whatever situation you face. You and I both know that the world is not perfect, that where we, where we live is not perfect, that the job we're in is not perfect, that the, the ministry we're in is not perfect, that the school we're in is not perfect. But God has called us, just like he called Shifra and Pua, to bring life to every situation. And Shifra and Pua knew they could not do the opposite to that. They could not take life. They were called to bring life in, to literally coax life into this world, to help things survive. And you and I in our workplaces, in our ministry, in our, in our families are called to do the same, not different. You see, they were suffering alongside the Hebrew people. They had it really tough, but they knew that they knew that they knew that their call was to bring life and to stand firm on that promise. God calls us to do that wherever we find ourselves. You know, you might be in a work situation that you're not overly happy with and you might be worried about the future. You might be wondering what the future, you could just be holding on for dear life, hoping that this work situation sorts itself out. I wonder if even now you could kind of imagine that scenario and what it would look like if you took on the promises of God in that place. If you were the light of the world in your place, just like Shifra and Pua stood before the Pharaoh, before the most um, hard person in the world and said, no, I am standing firm. John 15 tells us this, that we are commanded to love one another. Philippians 2 says this, that we are to walk together in one harmonious purpose and to fill God's heart with joy. You see, Philippians tells us that we are called to be unified. Shifra and Pua stood before Pharaoh. And it doesn't actually say that Shifra said this and Pua did this. It actually talks about them being together as a community, that together they faced Pharaoh. I wonder if there is actually a Pharaoh in your world that you need to share with someone else. Maybe you need to be in your connect group sharing the battles and the the suffering that you're going through so that you can stand against the Pharaoh together. Maybe you need to get, get to church on a Sunday to be on site and to worship with other Christians and to feel the presence of God in that place and to face your Pharaoh through worship and praise together as a gathering. You see, we've got to understand that we need to fight for community. We need to fight for the people around us. Shifra and Pua stood together before the Pharaoh. They faced him together. You see, as I look at this story, Moses, who wrote Exodus, names Shifra and Pua, but he doesn't name Pharaoh. Pharaoh is just called the king. He never says his name. He never identifies him. But Moses gives the greatest honor to Shifra and Pua and writes their names in the Bible that thousands and thousands of years later we are now preaching on. We are now using as an example. Did they have the perfect life? Of course not. Did they have the perfect job? Of course not. 
But they remained faithful and true to where they were at. In that job, that midwifery job, they stayed the course. And I know that many of us, Monday to Friday, go to work, we spend most of our time in the marketplace, and yet we don't spend enough time thinking about what it means to stand firm, to remain faithful in that place. What you do matters. What Shifra and Pua did mattered so much that their names are written in the Bible, in history, in the history books forever. So much that Moses was born from that moment. Without them, I wonder what would have happened. Without them remaining true or, 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 or not bowing to Pharaoh, I wonder what would have happened. They faced it together. They faced it faithfully. And they understood that they were called to bring life to the situation that they were in. You know, it made me think this week about all of us who every single day remain faithful, who go into our workplaces and, and put on an attitude of Christ and, and in the light of the world in that place, maybe in your family, to, to create an atmosphere that, that brings life to your children, to your marriage. Maybe it's in your home with your flatmates to bring life and to create Christ light in that place. I was thinking about my own heritage, my own legacy, and my own kind of story of how I ended up here. You see, my opa, my grandfather, was an amazing Christian man. He got saved in his young adult life in the German war. He was a Navy officer. And they had sent all of these, all the Navy officers to the, to the field, to the war zone, because Germany was losing. And so they sent everyone into the trenches. My opa found himself in the trenches, not knowing how to, how to do much. He was a sailor. He wasn't meant to be shooting from a, from a trench. And yet, everyone around him started to die. It was a horrendous situation, he would say. And in that moment, he found himself on his knees. He'd never known God. He'd not had a history of religion. He, he didn't understand what this meant. But he said, God, if you are real, I will serve you the rest of my days if you just let me survive. My offer left the trenches and he did survive. And he remembered that promise he made to God. He remained faithful to that promise. And his friend, he went to work and he was telling his Christian friend, Rudy. Now, Rudy was just a normal guy. He wasn't anything special. And that day that my offer went to Rudy, he went to work just like every other day. He got up, probably had a coffee, made his lunch, traipsed off to the carpentry factory, went to work, did what he always did. And there was my opa saying, Rudy, I made this promise to God, you've got to help me. And my, my, my heritage sits in this moment when Rudy was brave enough to remain true to who God had called him to be. And he said to my opa, he said, let me take you to church. My opa went up the front and got saved. He brought his wife to church and she got saved. He brought every single one of his many siblings, there were a lot of them, to church. They all got saved. His mum and dad got saved. And are still, well, his mum and dad have gone to heaven, but they've all served God. The other side of that is my dad. My dad wasn't saved as a child. And he and his parents moved into Melbourne. They immigrated from England. My dad was in um, a street where, where they, uh, it was a new development. And even now, there's just a, a photo of this house. One day, as they were in their home, there was a knock on the door, and my nana opened. And there was a couple there, 
And their names were Paul and Diana Edwards. And Paul and Diane Edwards were, were literally just volunteering for the church. They were door knocking to say, there's a new church opening up. You've got to come. And so they knocked on this door. They didn't know that my nana had just buried her oldest son. He had died in a car accident. And my nana was so broken, so broken. And this one knock on the door, they were just doing the faithful thing. They were businessmen. They were, they were in their normal worlds every single day, but they put aside time to volunteer to knock on some doors and, and say, hey, we're planning a church. And my nana opened the door and she went to church. She gave her heart to the Lord. She came home and she told my grandfather, he went to church and gave his heart to the Lord. My dad, who was an adult, they, he dragged, they dragged him to church and he got saved. And here I stand. And I think about the hero that my Oppo and my dad are to me. But I, in this moment, just take a moment to honour Rudy Paquette and Paul and Diane Edwards who, like Shifra and Pua, just went about their business. They went about their day, but they understood that the ultimate call on every single one of us is to bring life, is to remember God's promises in situations that might be hard, in situations that might be difficult, is to remember God's promises are true. And like Shifra and Pua, they literally set up a legacy that I am now standing in. You see, you and I, as Matthew says, are the salt of the earth. And if a salt loses its flavour, how will it be seasoned? It isn't good for nothing but to be thrown out and trampled by men. You are the light of the world, C3 Belconnen, a city that is set on the hill that cannot be hidden. Nor do they light a lamp and put it under a basket, but they put it on a lampstand and it gives light to all who are in your house. Let your light shine so before men that they may see your good works and glorify God in heaven. You have the light of the world on the inside of you. Like Shifra and Pua, you might be suffering, you might be in difficult situations, but you are still the light of the world. You have Jesus Christ on the inside of you. And just like Moses, Jesus came to give us freedom he came to take us from a place of oppression and lifelessness and give us life. And you may never have heard that before. You might be watching and never heard a message like this before. But in a moment, Nick's going to actually give you an opportunity to respond to that. To come out of a life of oppression and slavery. Maybe it's to fear and anxiety. Maybe it's you don't know why you're here. But let me tell you, when Jesus came, he died on the cross for you to bring life. And today, I get to be maybe the Shifra and Puah in your world and bring life to you. And to say you have an opportunity to give your life to Jesus today. It will change your world. It will change your children's children's world. Just like Rudy, just like Paul and Diane changed my life. I've never met them, I never will, but this side of heaven, but they changed my life because they were the light of the world to my dad and to my oppa. God bless you guys. I hope you enjoyed that. I just want to pray for you before we go. Father God, I thank you for every single person that tomorrow will go into their workplace, their school, and be the light of the world. I thank you that you're with us in our suffering, Father, that you promise that you're with us in our struggles. 
And we stand firm on the promises of God that you have given us. Father, I pray for every person going into their workplace tomorrow, that they would bring light, no matter what the situation. We are not called to fix everything, but we are called to be light. We stand true to your promises, Father. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for listening to our latest Sunday message. If you would like to find out more about our church, visit www.c3belconnen.org.au.